0: Good, good God. We look to you. You are the author and finisher of faith. We worship you this morning, King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the author and the omega, the beginning and the end. You are the wonderful Counselor. You are the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. We love you day we ask in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen our mortal bodies, that we would be built up on our most holy faith. Thank you, Father, that you have entrusted to us and you always lead us in triumphal procession. And Lord, you are diffusing through us the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen this humble thing called the church to accomplish your great commission. And that Lord, you would put in us your divine nature, that you would put in us the Spirit, God the Spirit, you live in those whose faith is in Christ and we have become the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Father, may we Take that message and will you, as you put your heart in us, will you lead us in your love to those around us who desperately need Jesus. They are living in a space and a place without hope and we have the hope of the world. Help us, Father, to realize that we are all commissioned. We are Christ's ambassadors and that, Lord, you are making your appeal to them through us we are but broken vessels and father in the brokenness of these vessels may your light shine through that folks would see you and not us and they would desire to know you in a personal relationship and so God be glorified help us help the church
1: we pray not only for hillside we pray not only for our Damascus campus but we pray for the church of North Clackamas we pray today for Pastor John Rosensteel and the congregation, God of
0: New Hope. They're in the process of selling their building, and they will be moving into Clackamas High School this coming February. We believe, Lord, and we want to partner with them to reach the students and the families at Clackamas High School. So, God, help, and make your church go forth powerfully and effectively. We pray for Valley View Evangelical and Pastor Scott Walls. We pray for Jim Steele and Happy Valley Evangelical. We pray for. Dave Setty, and Happy Valley Baptist Church. We pray for Daniel Meadows, who's on sabbatical right now, and so Drew Fagin, who's stepping up and taking the lead there. We pray for Spring Mountain Bible
2: Church. We pray for Sunnyside Foursquare right here, with Pastor D.J. Vick and the family
0: there, Lord, as we all collaborate together. Lord, help us to reach every man, woman, and child in this community, every house and every home, with the good news of the Gospel of Jesus. That, Father, we might see revival. Revival would start here. I pray that every every family member of Hillside would draw a circle around themselves and say, let revival begin right here. Let revival begin here
2: in our hearts
0: and in our lives, and that we would grasp, Lord, the mission, your mission, there is one mission and only one, to make disciples, to see the lost, saved, You came to seek and to save the lost. Oh, may we be about our Father's business. Transform us, Lord. We give you praise and we give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Father, across this space and place, we pray for every need that is represented. Lord, whether it's a physical need, whether it's a financial need, whether it's an emotional need, whatever the need is, thank you, Lord, that you are the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. So God, would you across this cafeteria, Lord, would you simply be made according to your glorious riches in Christ? Pray for my own family this morning, and I ask God. Pray for strength, encourage. You are God. Be glorified. Be glorified. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Father, as we here this morning of a great ministry, a a revived work in the state of Oregon. We ask God that our hearts would be moved to be a part, to see the church across the state grow and be strengthened and encouraged and built up in their faith. Today, as we hear testimony of the
2: power of prayer, in this 40 days of prayer and
0: fasting, We look to you, and we are, God, believing for the homecoming of prodigals. And so, Father, we stand right now in the gap, and we pray for family members who are away from you, and we ask, God, will you bring the sons and the daughters and the moms and the dads and the grandparents home that have been away from you? May they hear the good news. May they be reminded of the love and of the provision in the Father's house, and may they turn toward your house, and may they see you gird your loins and run, run, running to them, embrace them, shoes on their feet, a cloak around them, a ring on their finger, and the slaughtering of the fatted calf for fellowship and love in the house of God. May we be the prodigal friendly church that welcomes those who have wandered home. God, we love you. You have loved us so deeply. God, may we love deeply. You have forgiven us so completely. God, may we have forgiveness in our own hearts. And may we see prodigals come home in the name of Jesus. For your glory, God, we love you and we praise you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a strong amen this morning. Amen. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. When you greet those around you, just give somebody a big hug, give them a high five, give them some love, and we'll continue our worship with Jesus. If this happens to be your first time or second time, we want to encourage you to stop by our connection table. Make sure you fill out one of those little cards there so we can be in contact with you. We would love to get to know you better. We would love to connect you and uh, just see you really in full and become part of the family of God here in Northside. We're delighted that you're with us. We're delighted to come together every week and worship the Lord together. Amen? Okay, that was puny. That's how they do it across the street. Amen? Amen! Yeah. All right. Hey, I was uh, worshiping the Lord with you just a few moments ago, and I felt in my heart that there was maybe a word that someone had, and so I felt like it might be Jill having a word, and so I came up, and as I was uh, greeting everybody up on stage, I said, Jill, do you have a word? And she said, you know what, Dave, I think I actually have a word that I want to share, and so Jill, will you just come and, as the Lord leads you, just share with us
3: what's in your heart. Good morning, Hillside. How are you? God is good and God is faithful. In uh, let's see, like 1966, I started piano lessons. That's 53 years ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago. And I, I have a, about 20 piano students, and they were starting up again in September. And I had all this music and. It was just kind of a hodgepodge and a mess. And it was on my heart. I have got to clean this up and get it sorted out before I get into full swing. And so I started going through my music and arranging it and putting it in order. And uh, there's a thing called a method book. And a method book is and a piano method book. The goal of a piano method book is to teach you how to play the piano. And as I went through all my method books, it was crazy. It was crazy how it had changed through the years. Keep in mind the end goal was always to learn to play the piano. But the way they taught the student, the style of music to teach the student, the, the way the pages looked, everything had changed over the years. And I was thinking about what the Lord put on my heart is that when it comes to Jesus, there's only one myth book. There, there isn't a whole bunch, and the myth book is God's word. And there's only one God. There is only one way to Jesus, and it is through, through, the, through God, and it's through the cross, through Jesus Christ. And he wants you to know that. If any of you here are thinking There's another way. There's multiple ways. There's multiple rivers. There's multiple method books. There's only one way. Anything else is from the pit of hell. Come on. That'll preach.
0: Check it out. Look it up. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is no name given under heaven and earth whereby man must be saved. Saving Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Jill. Praise God.
2: Here's the method book, gang. Here's the method book. Right here. Right here.
0: God is good. God is good. Well, I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward at this time. We're going to prepare to bring in our tithes, bring in our alms, and bring in our offerings. We believe in three biblical ways of bringing in those gifts of the Lord, those things that belong to the Lord,
2: and then those gifts. The tithe belongs to the Lord. Can I get in a hearty amen. amen? Amen. And we
0: also bring alms into the house. I want to tell you a quick testimony. Last week we had a need of about $1,400. And I want you to know by Monday, by Monday at about 10am in the morning, more than 1400 came in for that need. So I want to thank you for your generosity. I also want to thank our leadership of our church who just helped and made sure and. Filled in all the gaps, so it was just epic to see. And uh, we, we, that was a puny chick, uh, clan, uh, hand clap, by the way. I was great. give yourself a hand, that's great. Keep up the generosity, keep up the generosity because not only do we get the opportunity to meet the needs within the family, you can check it out in Acts chapter 2, verse 45, right? Verse 42 through 45 is ish, they had everything in common, and no one was in need, right? That's an Acts church. And that's the kind of church we want to be where needs are met. And that's a, that's an amazing thing. And we we just we just believe God. And we believe that our God is a generous God, so we bring not only the tithes, but we bring in those alms so that we can be, but we get to meet needs not only inside but outside the fellowship. Can I get a name over that? There are folks who call the church when they're in need. And the church has the opportunity to step up to the plate to love
2: on people to minister to people, and to encourage people. Sometimes we even get to go the next
0: steps where we get to be involved in their lives and help them get pieces put back together so that they can be in a position to help others in the days to come. That's exciting. So praise the Lord. And then we bring in the offerings. And the offerings, you know this, the offerings are those weekly things that we set aside As the Spirit of God speaks to us, that we might use those gifts for the furtherance of the message of the gospel of Jesus. Can I get an amen? We support missionaries. We support mission work. We do community work. Rhonda, can I get an amen about that community work? Jack, can we get an amen about that community work? I mean, Friday night, many of you were there at the Wichita Dinner. We served conservatively over 100 people not only did we serve them some really delicious food, somebody say amen, but we shared from the word of God, we prayed together. I personally got to pray with a number of families that are going through some very, very difficult circumstances. There's one gal, her name is Patty. She's without a roof over her head and she lives in her car. Will you pray with me right now for Patty as we also pray for this offering? We wanna see Patty in stable housing and we want to we want to help be the way to get her in a space and a place where she is secure and say there is not a single space in the county of clackamas where a car can legally be parked and someone can stay the night in their vehicle there's not one legal space we're working with the county to try and create some spaces and some ways to do that and uh, we have several that are serving on the homeless solutions coalition here i want to thank you for your leadership there too it's an amazing thing and we're going to be a part of that we're, we're trying to see biblical principle being applied at a county level can I get an amen and so we are influencing and trying to make a difference and you have helped make that happen so father we just come in Jesus name and we give you praise what a chance God you are and you care you care you see the plight of your children and you see the plight of those that are in the world and you care and so God We need to be the extension of that care, and so Lord, help us and help the church, the body of Christ, to reach out and to meet needs. We pray for Patty today very specifically. We're asking God for Patty, that Lord, you would help us to help her to get into stable housing. She wants to work, she has capabilities, help us to help her find employment that will be steady, and that Lord, she will be able to earn some income so that she can Lord, supply and provide, and be in a position to later help others around her. And so, Lord, be glorified. That's our family, our Wichita family. Lord, we love them. We pray the blessing. Now, will you bless the offerings this morning? Will you bless the alms this morning? Will you, will you bless the tithes as they come in? We love you. We praise you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone says a strong amen. 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 By the way, I have all those prayer requests right here with me. And. There are significant needs represented, and I know there's significant needs represented in this house, and we are praying faithfully. In the midst of our 40 days of prayer and fasting, our last day is October 31st, and it's not too late to jump on board. Not too late to jump on board. Somebody say a hearty amen.
2: Amen. 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 Praise the
0: Lord. Well, A couple quick highlights. You notice that we have some candy up here on stage. We have our harvest party coming up in just a few short weeks at the Gladstone Campus. We have all kinds of carnival games. I think we have cotton candy. I think there's going to be hot dogs.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All beef, baby. Let's go. It's going to be a great time now. We're going to have kids. There were a lot of kids at the Wichita community dinner this week, they all got invitations to come and be a part. I saw family saying, we're gonna bring our kids over there. It's gonna, we have a banner going up this week, right Monday or Tuesday, it'll be on the grass out in front of Gladstone, we're letting folks know, we're sending out flyers in the community. That's gonna be a great, great evening, and we're gonna be loving on some people, Can I get a hearty amen. And hey, if you love kids, raise your hand real quick. Just say, man, I love kids, okay, because we need you all to volunteer. Thank you for raising your hands, all right? <laughs> You want to be a part. If you want to be a part, you let us know. We want to, we want you to be on the team, and uh, it's going to be a great night. Uh, I'm probably supposed to give other announcements. Darren McCarthy, where are you? Yeah. Oh he just ran out Well, Darren was supposed to stand up and boot and holler at me if I forgot this, but we have a little training that's going on right after uh right after the service this morning and we're we're training uh with our ushers and our security team. And if you if you have a pulse, take two of your fingers and put them up to your throat like this and say, I feel so. I feel my happy in my feet. If that's you, then we can you can serve as an usher, you can serve as a greeter, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you can serve in one of those capacities and we need you and we want you. We want you to be on one of our teams. We have what we call our welcome environment, kind of out here, where we have folks we want standing out in the front with little signs, we're glad you're with us, welcome home, and that kind of a thing. Then when, as people come in the door, they get the handshake and a little bit of love, they get a program at the front door, they get a little name tag, see this, my name is, Day, and I have a little smiley face there, right? Because I'm happy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So we get name tags, so we can call each other by name, and then we walk in, and there's hospitality. How many of you love the coffee and the donuts? Yeah. Hey. Uh, okay, there was maybe 22 of us. Yes, we're getting we're How many of you love the coffees and donuts? Woo. Yeah. We need you to help cut donuts in half. he whole ones behind the. Over there. <laughs> no, we cut No, it's half, so there's enough for everybody, and we make coffee early in the morning. I mean, literally, our team that gets here early in the morning, where's Cliff? Cliff, you make the coffee for the team, and it sits on that little counter. Thanks for making that happen. That's big stuff.
2: Yeah. Adam still to make sure every week the team is getting that stuff all done, but we need some folks. Brandon, I know you're right over here. You were making coffee this morning for everybody. Everybody say thanks, Brandon. Thanks, yeah, Brandon. Yeah.
0: So here's the deal. We need you to help. Can I get an amen? If you know how to turn a faucet on, you're qualified for the coffee job. There's training for that whole welcome space. We also need folks in the security department, our safety and security. We want folks out in the parking lot making sure nobody's car is getting broken into. Does that make sense? It's happened before. It's happened. We've chased guys down. That's a great ministry. We're going to make up some stories. We tackled them and we wrestled them to the ground and we love them and they got born again. That did actually happen one time. Can I tell a story? I'm going to tell a story and then we're going to introduce some of our friends who are with us this morning. I was downtown. We were witnessing in the streets of Portland. And many of you know, I played football at Portland State many years ago, I actually, I actually used to have a physique, right, but now i got furniture, disease, the chest's in the doors, well anyway, all that to be said, I was a big guy, I was 6'2", 295 pounds, my roommate was 6'4 and a half, he was 315 pounds, my other roommate was 6'5 half he weighed 305 pounds, and our fullback lived with us. He was 6'2 half. and he weighed 245, around 4.640. I uh, want you to know, that brother could run. And this cat, we were downtown, witnessing on the streets of Portland. We were making our way down to Pioneer Courthouse Square, and uh, we're just sharing Jesus, singing, loving on God, and uh, we hear this screaming several blocks down the road. We're like, what is going on? And pretty soon we see this guy come running around the corner. And it was it was like, how many of you know what the $6 million man is, right? You remember in the majors? That's what it looked like.
2: The guy was just moving
0: super fast. And it was like everything slowed down for a moment.
2: And this guy comes
0: running around the corner. And about 20 paces behind him, another guy running right behind him. He's going, that guy's got my camera back. How many of you know the guy who was stealing the camera bag? Take the wrong street to turn to go up. <laughs> we looked at each other. Blue 32, step height. <laughs> Four ginormous guys went after him. Kurt hit him first because he ran a 4640. We're like, you know, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> these big tanks coming around the corner. But by the time I took him out at the top, <laughs> Roland was taking him out of the feet. And John was like behind us just going, I'll just be the cleanup crew, right? And we pile drove this guy into a side of a building. This fella who came up, he's like, give me my camera bag back, we've got photos from the wedding in there. He was a photographer at a wedding and everything in that wedding was in that bag. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he's like wanting to kick the guy. And John pulls it back. And the police all show up, you know, cars everywhere this old boy who's splintered on the wall, he's bleeding in several spaces. Places. I leaned into him and I said, you well, know, I know someone who can help you. His name is Jesus, and he loves you. And it doesn't matter where you came from. He wants to transform your life, beginning right now. Would you like to know Jesus? and invite him into your heart and your life and see what he will do. And he started weeping and he said, I want Jesus. And he prayed with me right there. And this is how amazing God is. When we finished praying, I helped him get up. I hugged him and loved him. Here's the cameraman standing back and back going, what's
2: happening
0: here? I'm like, dude, you should be taking photos of this man. This guy just went from death to life. And there was a police officer, I kid you not, the police officer was standing about six feet behind me like this, and he had his hands on his hip. And this guy was about 5'10", in all directions. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this guy was the cube. I'm like, bro, you've been in the weight room at least three times. (laughs) Anyway, this guy goes, I just want you to know, that's one of the most awesome things I've ever seen. He says, I'm a Jesus follower. He'll be in the back seat of my car, and I'm gonna make sure he gets a bottle tonight. I'm like, yes, come on! That's got you, that's all I'm just telling right. We got work, we got mission, and I don't even know how that story started, but I told that story so you can get that, that's a little bonus. Oh, security. Yeah, you wanna be a part of the security team. We need you. You might be a part of the next story, like that. Amen. So that's right after service. So hang around after service, and we're going to have uh, the security, the security folks, and the ushers will be with me, and the rest of the welcome team will be with Karen. Okay. So we need you. If you're already serving somewhere and you want to add to that, we want to make sure you're in church a couple days out of the month. But you, you can serve in more than one place. And if you're not serving somewhere, hey, jump on board. Can I get an amen. amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hey, we are we are super super stoked in what God is doing in our midst. God is moving. We are we are multiplying one of the DNA pieces of our church. I believe we have two core values that are absolutely critical mass. Look at your neighbor and say critical mass. Okay, half of you did that. <laughs> We're almost there. Because the first one was celebrating obedience. So now you gotta look at your neighbor and say critical mass. Come on, you can do a critical mass. Yeah! We celebrate obedience, can I get an amen? We obey the word of God. We read it, we study it, we memorize it, we meditate on it, and we obey it. Can I get an amen? I mean, if we could just get that, we've been to church on a Sunday morning. We obey, and we celebrate obedience, what the Spirit of God is calling you to do, that prompting you felt in your heart to be a part of the coffee ministry team. Man, praise God, that was the Spirit of God. He's prompting you, so celebrate and obey that thing and engage and be a part, amen. Now, the second one, we celebrate multiplication. Can I get an amen? The church in the book of Acts went from addition to multiplication. And we want to be a church that goes from addition to multiplication. And God is already multiplying us, and we're seeing this happen on a regular basis. And I'm telling you, we got a campus in Damascus. We have a campus soon to be in Gladstone. And this young couple, who are absolutely top drawer, I heard Junior's testimony and Trisha's testimony just a couple of days ago, and it's probably not even in its totality. But what I heard was the listening to the Spirit of God and the call of God and the responding and moving out in faith. And they they are covering the state of Oregon. It's a ministry in the state of Oregon that has not been in existence with the assemblies in over 20 years. And there are churches in the state of Oregon that are in disrepair. Some of them are 40, 50 years deferred maintenance. When we took over the Gladstone building, three furnaces had shut down the year earlier. It went through an entire winter without heat on the front end of the building. How many of you know that's gonna cause a problem, especially when you remove windows and didn't put the new ones in, right? And they all sweat. Where do you think the moisture goes? It's bad, bad stuff. And so we've had to do a tremendous amount of cleaning already. And yet, there's work that needs to be done, and so these guys are leading it in the state of Oregon because they've been obeying God. And I want you to give them a warm welcome as they come and share with you their ministry. The church. They are awesome, and they're going to be hanging out with us over the next like five, six months, helping us to put a new face at Damascus, put a new face on the Gladstone campus. Guys, we are super stoked that you are here. Tell us about the ministry, and then at the very end, I just want you to know. I'm gonna come back up, they're gonna share for a couple minutes, and then I'm gonna come back up and I'm gonna ask them to tell a testimony because of the power of prayer. But I'm also gonna invite you. To take your index finger and, and say, that's me. Everyone say, that's me, that's me. We're gonna invite you to engage in supporting them because they will be our arms and feet helping build the church in the state of Oregon. Can I give an amen? And you can be a candidate to be a support for them. Everybody can. If you have, you know, we, we could say, you know, pull out your wallets, open it up, turn to page 100, pull it out, put it in the offer basket. That's, that's not so bad. If you don't have page 100 and your wallet's a little shorter than that, you can pull out page 50 and put that in there. Or one. But the point I'm making is that's a one-time gift and we love that and we want that. But what we would rather do is have a commitment on a monthly basis so they ministry could the be pieces. Anyway, we
1: love you guys, we're glad you're here. Tell us a little bit about the ministry. Thanks, Pastor Dave. The first thing I wanna say is I love churches that pray. And uh, I wanna tell a, a short testimony, Pastor David didn't know I was gonna tell this one, but the Holy Spirit told me to, to mention it uh, during worship. My wife and I, uh, when we took this ministry, we moved out of our three bedroom, two bath house. We sold everything and we moved into a 27 foot camp trailer. And we just knew that God would take us to the places that we needed to go, when we needed to go. And I have to be completely honest with you, about three months in, I went, what did I do? But he's been faithful. He's been faithful to supply our finances and our fuel and tires on our vehicle. And so I want to tell a short story before I talk about the ministry, but May 1st of uh, this year, which was our 26th wedding anniversary, we were at district council uh, for the Assemblies of God and I walked out of the motel to put our suitcase into the truck and our truck was gone. Someone had stolen our truck. Not only did they steal our truck, but one of the things that my wife loves to do is make Greeting cards, and she sends them all over the world to missionaries and to people that support us. So, if you support us, you get a free handmade greeting card every month. That's something worth looking into, right there. But there was about $11,000 worth of tools and uh, card making supplies in our truck that, uh, I mean, you can imagine. I mean, God called us to this and We walk out, and our likelihood of what we're doing for God is totally gone. But what I want you to know is God had a plan. So I'm going to fast forward two months without a vehicle, and we are blessed beyond blessed by somebody actually locally here over in uh, Crescent Ford, that was an advertisement, Um, who got us a truck that was way beyond the truck that we had on a missionary's salary. And I can tell you when you go to the bank and you say, hey, I get paid by a faith promise. They go, "Ah, ah, ah." a faith promise, what's that? So you're gonna faith promise that you're gonna make your payment? But anyway, long story short, uh, the other thing that we've been praying for as we have done this ministry is a house on wheels that we can pull behind our truck and get the place to place. And long story short, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a guy blessed us with a $56,000 RV. He just gave it to us. And I want you to catch something. I want you to catch something. There There's a couple things that took place here. It was the exact model, the exact trailer that we've been praying for for a year. Not only did God give us the house that we've been praying for for over a year. But he knew on May 1st, when my truck was stolen, that we were gonna need a different truck to pull the trailer that someone was going to give us. I want you guys to know something, this is the God you serve. This is the God that we serve, the one who sees way above and beyond what we need, where we're going. So as Pastor David was sharing with me about your guys' time of fast and prayer, don't get discouraged. Quit looking at how many days you've been praying and start looking at the reward at the end. Because that's what we So let me tell you a little bit about who we are and what we do. I've been uh, um, in the construction world since I was 17 years old, but I own my own business. Um, we actually shut our business down to do this ministry, a very successful business. Um, We closed the doors, we did all of the legal paperwork we needed to do, and we said, God, here we go. And uh, so here we are. We're a little bit over a year into this now as the official um, um, MAPS U.S. missions uh, people for the state of Oregon. What are the faces and uh, the ones that get to go around and present this ministry? Um, There's one card that's on our table that I'm going to ask everybody in here to pick up, and that's our prayer card. This is way more important to me than finances. And the reason I say that is because I need you guys praying for us for the next job. I need you guys praying for us that when we finish these campuses here, that they fill up and I get a a phone call from Pastor Dave saying, hey, we gotta build another church. Because that's what we want to do. We want to build places where people can go and have a place to meet Jesus Christ. That's our plan. So please pick this up. I ask everybody to get some tape and stick this right up there where the wind, windshield where your oil change sticker goes. So when you're driving every morning, you will pray for us, okay? Please pick that up. The other thing is, is there's a card back there and there's three things mentioned on this card. It's the RV volunteers, uh, missionary associates, and church teams. And i want to talk about these two for just a, a second. The first thing is RV volunteers. How many of you in here have heard of the RV ministry? and we see this everywhere we go. So I want you to do me a favor. Pastor David did the the thing on your neck. That that was a good one, but I always do this. Can everybody breathe in for me and breathe out? Guess what, I can use you. Okay, (laughs) a lot of people think that, oh, I don't know how to pound nails or I don't know how to build something. Get that out of your mind. Um, What I need is I need bodies. I need people that are willing to come. I've got the experience. I've got all of the tools. Um, I just need you to show up and help me. That's what I need. I need people that can pack two by fours, people that can sweep people, that can hold things while we put them in place. Um, how many of you know how to run a paintbrush or a roller? We do lots of painting, lots and lots and lots of painting. And so that's something that you can come and do, and that's um, that's something that we're, we're looking for uh, in the RV, well, all across the board, I'm talking about the RV volunteers, and what they are is they're people who, uh, you can come in an RV, we have some people show up in tents. Um, but you just want to serve, you want to come, and what I ask you to do is give me two weeks a year. If I can get everybody in this room to give me two weeks out of the year, can you imagine what we can get accomplished across the state of Oregon? We actually have a church in the state of Oregon where the sanctuary is committed. Just think about that for a second. What if you showed up this morning and I was talking to Pastor Dave, and I guess this already happened, but um, What if you showed up to your church on Sunday morning and somebody's standing out there saying, hey, the roof's about ready to fall and you can't go in there. And you're standing there with a friend who's never been to church before. See, this is what's happening all the way across the state of Oregon with all of our churches. We have churches that are just in disrepair that we need to get to and we need to get fixed. And because it's been so long since the operation of this ministry, if you think about people that retire at the age of 60 to 65 and they decide they want to do this, and then you have 20 years to that, that's 80 to 85. So most of the people who did it 20 years ago are not doing it today. And so we need people, we need people to jump on board. The other thing I want to talk to you about this morning is church teams. Oh, the question that everybody asks: You don't need to be retired to be in our view You just have to be willing to serve. If you're willing to go, willing to give us time, um, we will take you. The reason that they call it our beers, um, because that's what they, uh, the acronym that they used back in the 80s when they started uh, this ministry, and it's kind of hard to change something that's been going for this long, and when you change it, you, anyway, you guys don't. Um, the second thing I want to talk to you about is church teams. This is where a church like yourself would say, hey, we want to go help a church somewhere. We want to go and and uh, be a part of what they're doing. Now a lot of the churches that uh, we get the opportunity to go work on are rural churches, and when I say a rural church, uh, my wife and I uh, resigned from a church, the last one we were pastoring was in a community of 200 people, and the nearest bank was an hour away, one way. And um, so there's a lot of those churches out there that we get to go work on, not saying if you put a church team together, that's where I'd send you, but we need people who are willing to put a team together and say, hey, we would like to take um, a week, five days, three days, and go to a church and help them. And what happens is you put a team together, the team goes, I give you a list of things to do. Um, you go to the church, you do the things, and you you leave. There's there's more to it than that. Um, the uh, church that you serve for, which would be Hillside, actually gets missions giving credit if you do that. And so that's a plus for the the pastor and the church as well. So anyway, um, I'm gonna ask you to stop by our booth. Um, come check us out, we've got all kinds of pictures of churches that we've uh, we've been out there and fixed. I wanna tell you about one uh, that we got uh, called to last November. Um, how many of you know where Winston Oregon is at? Okay, down on the I-5 by Roseburg. Um, did you guys know we don't have an Assemblies of God church in Roseburg, Oregon? There was zero Assemblies of God churches there. And uh, so that's one of the, the things that we're trying to help fix. Um, but this church uh, um, that was left for 10 years, uh, somebody went in and they they poured the foundation and they erected the walls and they put the roof on. And then for 10 years that shelf sat.
2: Can you imagine raising the money to build a church and how excited you would be that the church building's going up and then
1: all of a sudden it just stops? And so for 10 years there was nothing went on in this building and we came in and we uh, looked at it and we said yes we'll tackle this project and uh, so from November to about June um, we worked on that church and I just want to let you know today that church is completed and uh, they had their grand opening on August 25th and so those people who sat in that congregation who had that vision for that church that were still there got to actually see the vision come come around so I'm going to ask you uh, pray for our churches pray for our churches all over I'd love to hear you pray for other pastors amazing 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 but you know what I want to let you guys know something as we travel around the state and go to different churches and preach and share the ministry our next generation is under attack our young people Satan's after them and I want to tell you why because they're the ones that's going to continue the church. And we need to pray for them. We need to pray that the Lord will give them the strength to continue to do what God had called them to do.
2: One more story, and
1: then um, Pastor Dave, we're going to share the the I'm the about my wife share because she is the detailed person. Um, I'm not the detailed person. I'm going to let you know when it comes to building. I can detail things like you would never believe. But when it comes to
2: a story, who cares? And we got from point A to point B and
1: all of the stuff in between. What? oh yes, thank you. If you are interested in helping us, see what I said. See what I mean? If you are interested in helping us, which I hope that a lot of you are, um, on the back table is a sign-up list in our table out there. Let me tell you the process. If you want to become an RVer, it's just it's a ministry, is what it is. We have to do a background check. There's no ifs, fans about it. So if you want to be involved, what happens is you put your name on that list. We send that list to Springfield, Missouri to the home office. We're done at that point. They will contact you with email and everything that you need to do. You have to out an application and send in $50 per person for your background check. And once that's done, then you get this neat little card that says you're in a beer. There was no excitement there. <laughs> <coughs> Um, once you get that card, then you're eligible to go and help us um, with projects. And so if you're interested, please sign up because there is a process. And
0: if you want more information on the uh, early the years, that's awesome. Let's thank these guys. That was great. Thank you I'm very excited because in every fellowship, there are many that could engage, and whether it's large level, small level, two weeks, six weeks. Whatever that looks like it could be part of a church team, could just simply be the simply. It could be the necessity of just praying for them on a daily basis. I'm causing issues here, I can tell. Sorry about that sound team. So in the midst of the 40 days of prayer and fasting, I heard this amazing testimony of the power of prayer, and I just wanted them to share this story. It's it's epic in terms of your faith, my faith. Our faith, God is not bound by space or time, and he answers prayer. So will you share your story and that testimony of the family?
1: And before she shares, I want to let you guys know something. I didn't get saved until I was 21. And when you hear the story, you'll kind of understand that. But I didn't get saved until I was 21. and I grew up in a very heathen home where life was a party. And that's really what we did all the time, party, 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 party. And um, I literally had never heard the name of Jesus Christ until I was 21 years old. I did hear it in a curse, curse word, lots. Um, But I did not know that Jesus Christ was actually somebody I could have a relationship with. And
4: so anyway. Well, I grew up in a different sort of home. Um, Our daughter is actually a fifth generation Assemblies of God minister. So you can see that I have a long history in the Assemblies of God, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, In 1955, there was a lady who went to our church, we're from um, Red Bluff, California. I paused because there's a lady here who looks like my aunt. said that, she nodded her head, so I thought maybe she, it was my aunt, I don't know, anyways. Okay, sorry about that. So (laughs) Anyway, so there's a a lady in the church there in California who, um, she was very involved with my grandma in helping with uh, running missionettes and royal rangers because the men in the church were not stepping up, so the women did it and um one of the things that this lady did her name was audrey she took kids to sunday school you know pick up whatever neighborhood kids she could find and took them to sunday school and one day um, she invited the three little kids that lived across the street from her this was in 1955 she invited the three little kids across the street to go to church with her and they went a few times but then they moved and she never saw them again Um, this lady audrey was Um, A very involved part of my life, the whole time I was growing up, she taught missionettes when I was the daisy princess. And um, eventually, um, her daughter, who was like my grandma's age, um, was one of my Sunday school teachers. And,
2: you know, just growing
4: up, Aunt Audrey and Aunt Pat were very involved in our lives and they um, just stayed involved in the church. And um, eventually, I met Junior, we lived in the same town, we didn't have anything in common, ever. And so, (laughs) um, we ended up getting married and um, we have a little girl who is, she was in Aunt Pat's um, daisy class. Or I think by then it was called Rainbows. And um, she grew out of that class and our son went there and he grew out of it. um, But one thing everybody did on Sunday nights was they would stop by Aunt Pat's rainbow's class because she had the best class everybody had um, treats she had the best treats she had the best props she had the best um things to teach the classes the best everything so all the little kids that had gone through her class would always stop by there anyways one night Junior and i were walking out of church and our son jesse said hey let's go see on pat so we walked past her room and went in and was talking to her and Our son, Jesse, was um, really excited about the fact that he had just made his first um, duct tape wallet, and he saw her Bible sitting on the counter, and he said, Dad, look, she's got a duct tape Bible, and Aunt Pat grabbed it. She was probably, this was in 2003, and she was probably, um, I don't know, maybe in her 70s by then, maybe early 70s, And she got all excited, and she's a a very excited person all the time, and she loves to share Jesus with little kids. So she showed him her Bible, and she said, that's not my Bible, that's Mama's Bible. And I knew her mom had passed away in 1988, and so I thought, I wonder why she has her mom's Bible, but whatever. I thought it was pretty cool, because I have my dad's Bible. and um, Anyways, so... She opened it up, and she was showing junior because she liked to show him everything. She was like, hey, look at this. And he was looking, and there's names in the Bible. A column of names with dates next to every one of them. And some of the dates, some of the names had two dates. And she showed them all through the, um, the all the blank pages in the front, blank pages in the back, and there were strips of names. And um, he's looking through them, and he recognized three names, his dad's name, his uncle's name and his aunt's name. And they had the date 1955 next to them. And he said, Aunt Pal, that's my dad's name. What are these names in here for? And she said, oh, well, when Mama passed away, she made me promise that I would continue what she started by praying for every single one of these names in this Bible until they get saved. The name with the date is when she started praying for them. The name with, or the second day is when they got saved. There's no second date next to his dad, his aunt, or his uncle. And he was like, it says 1955. And she said, yeah, those were some kids that lived across the street from me when, our, when we were really young. And mama took them to Sunday school sometimes. So there had been someone praying for my future father in law, someone involved in my life heavily, praying for my future father in law since before I was ever thought of. So that was in um, October of 2003 when that happened. December 16th of um, 2003, Junior's dad called, and one of the first things that he said when he got on the phone was, I need to know how do I get to heaven? So he was able to lead him to the Lord.
2: Our first phone call, as soon as he got off the
4: phone, I said, you gotta call him a She was so excited to write 2003 next to the 1955 that her mom had started praying for. Now, to me, that was the most amazing thing. But something else that God knew that we didn't know, Junior's dad was going home on June 5th of 2004. So someone prayed for 48 years Someone who did not know him, who had no connection to him, except they took him to Sunday school. So if you have prayers that you feel like are not being answered, and it's been four, five, six, maybe 10 days, or 10 years, 48 years of someone praying that didn't know my family at all. Brother walked away from the God, away from God when he was seventeen. He is thirty-three, and in May, or I'm sorry, in April, rededicated his life to the Lord. Oh, really so there are short And hey,
0: Listen, you know, I think time for a second. We're going to pray for you, with you, in 40. But you get that forty-eight years of prayer, right? This, this woman. I mean, how could they have known that these two would end up together? They weren't even born and all those pieces brought together by the God we serve. For him to walk in and see these names and say, uh, my dad's in this book, and to find out that someone connected with the family has been praying faithfully for dad and dad to call in 2003, like two months later, I need to know how to get to heaven. Because Junior had given his heart to the Lord and he had been sharing with his family. I mean, come on, is that just amazing? That's just absolutely amazing. That's amazing. And that's the kind of stuff kind of we're believing for. We're believing for the miracle working power of Almighty God, that we would collaborate with the Spirit of
2: God and pray as the Spirit lays on our heart, people. You may never know
0: whose salvation is on the other side of your willingness to obey to pray for them So let's believe God for the masses. Come on. We sang about it this morning. Go on and scream it from the mountains Right tell it to the masses
1: That's our assignment. That's our assignment given to us. directed by Jesus. That's awesome Yes, yeah, go So something that I found out after my mom my mom passed away in 2016 of cancer and we started doing family research because my dad didn't talk about family. And we started trying to figure out, who do I belong to? Um, I found out that my dad's grandfather was a tent evangelist in the state of Oregon. Guess what else he did? (laughs) He built churches. But all of the people that she's connected to, her grandpa and all them, helped my great grandpa build churches. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, is so God is amazing. Yes. He is so amazing. And all he asks us
0: to do is be faithful. That's it. Exactly right. That's so crazy. So I'm going gonna, gonna to tell you, my mom, my mom, she was a prodigal. She wasn't living
2: the typical prodigal life But my grandfather was a
0: minister and he passed away when I was six years old. My family moved from uh, Lawrence Township, New Jersey when I was four, grew up in Southern California and there was faith in a God, but we didn't understand salvation at all. My mom was away from God and my grandparents, I know prayed for their daughter and their daughter's children, me and my siblings. My sister gave her heart to Christ in high school. My sister my other sister gave her heart in college. Then my brother got saved and then this old boy waited until I was nineteen. And I know what you're talking about, living poorly and living for self and satisfaction. And I want you to know something God reached down and he grabbed a hold of. And who would have known? My aunt, my mom's sister, She sent me my grandfather's uh, preacher's homiletic uh, volume of preparation for sermons, and in that are all my grandfather's notes on the sermons that he wrote. It's amazing. The problem is it's all in shorthand, and I don't know shorthand, so if you can help me out with that, that'd be great. But I mean, imagine that. Building churches. A tenth evangelist. Come on. How many of you know that we need more tenth evangelists, right? right? Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. We're going to pray for these guys. And then uh, I'm going to just share something from the scripture. Worship team's going to come back. And we've had church this morning. It's not been a typical service for us this morning, but it's been a great service because we've been hearing the testimonies of the Lord. Can I get an amen? And the children of Israel, the children of Israel were chastised
2: because they didn't rehearse from generation to generation the testimonies of the Lord. We want the
0: testimonies of the Lord to be heard regularly because God is working and moving, even today, doing crazy things like that. Come on, let's pray. We extend a hand forward and let's pray with these guys and for these guys. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for the U.S. maps and RV volunteers, God, and we thank you for Junior and his wife, Tricia, and the work and the ministry that you have called them to. I, I'm reminded in Acts where your spirit spoke and said, set apart Paul and Barnabas to the work to which I have called them. Lord, you have set apart these two for the work to which you have called them, but Lord, it's not just them. It's, it's the kingdom of God. And Lord, it's all of us engaging at some level Prayer, finances, self-going and being a part of a team. Self-going and doing a work. Being engaged. Maybe you're a resource person. Maybe in this congregation right here, there's someone who knows how to get windows at cost. Maybe there's someone here who knows how to get cove base at cost and carpet at cost. But whatever that is, God, to connect thoughts so that the kingdom of God can advance powerfully and effectively. Your word tells us that the kingdom of God suffers violent and the violent lay hold of it. Lord, help us to be in the battle, even as Junior Sheridan testified that there's a generation that is under an assault. We come against the wiles of the devil in the name of Jesus. We come against the work and his craftiness. We come against that lion who roams around roaring like a lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. We say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. We pray anointing and blessing upon the young people in the church. We pray a blessing and an anointing on those who have yet to respond to the gospel. Even as my brother at 21, myself at 19, God, we heard and we came. Lord, may we see young people coming and being. just ignited with the fire of God. We pray for every young person in the house today. Lord, whether they're 35, 36, all the way down to 15, 13, 10, 8, 7, 5, 2. Whatever the age is, God, we pray your hand and your anointing on them in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you'd raise up the next generation that they would be full of the spirit of Elijah, that they would just have a heart for evangelism and have a heart for the word of God. And they would see their friends and their neighbors and their schools coming to Christ in the name of Jesus. So God be glorified. We pray for the work at the Damascus campus. We pray for the work at the Gladstone campus. We pray for the ministry in the communities as we collaborate with the churches. And Lord, I I believe it was even... I'll use this phrase. I think it's prophetic because we
3: will be making a phone call and saying, Look, "We need it. There's another space and a place to build a church. We pray
0: for Roseburg. We pray God for more churches in Roseburg. We pray for Eugene. God, help us to help us as the body of Christ, our expression of the body of Christ, get into twelve or ten brick-and-mortar school districts right here in Clackamas County, that we would have a presence that we could like collaborate with the churches. And see every house, every home, every man, woman, and child, a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we would storm the responsibility of this county in Jesus' name. And God, that you would give
2: Lane County to the church. And we would see the state, Lord,
0: absolutely transformed in righteousness. Righteousness. In the name of Jesus, we pray, God. And we pray for our nation. And we pray for those in leadership. And so, God, thank you for these two. Help us as we partner together and we look to you, the author and finisher of faith. Lord, you are our source. You are our strength. Now, Lord, you said, Lord Jesus, you said, while it is day, we, we must work the works of him who sent me. So, Lord, let us jump on board and be a part. We love you. We thank you in Jesus. My name is a strong amen. 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 We love you guys. Praise God. You it know, up for those guys. They're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's 5. That's awesome i i was kidding Okay We're in a portion of scripture And we're not going to go there Because we're going we're gonna to close We're in a portion of scripture That is absolutely radical It's absolutely captivating In fact, I dare say that there is not a more significant portion of scripture connected to where we are right now in John chapter 12. It ties in Daniel chapter nine, the the last four verses of Daniel chapter nine. You need to go and read those four verses because they're a prophecy for the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And it is brought to Daniel by none other than the angel Gabriel who stands in the presence of Almighty God. He delivered a prophetic word, and the portion of scripture that we are looking at today, quotes from the Hallel Psalms, Psalms 113 through 118, the Hallel Psalms, the Psalms of Praise regarding the King of Israel, the Messiah, and the people on that day, that day. And here's what I want you to hear our God he is perfect somebody say that with me God is perfect he is good he is loving and his love is perfect when you don't understand what I don't understand trust that God is perfect listen Gabriel gave a message from God Almighty to Daniel and it is a mathematical equation Seven years and seven weeks and 62 weeks determined from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild and restore Jerusalem and its wall, the city and its wall. From the going forth of that commandment, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. Do the math, that's 483 years. Multiplied by a 360 day year, it's 173,880 days to the day. From the going forth of the commandment to rebuild We have the record of that In Nehemiah chapter 2 173,880 days later From 445 B.C. When Artaxerxes Lord gave that commandment To go and restore 173,880 days To the day Jesus Arranged and coordinated the triumphal entry. He said to his disciples, go into this town over here and you'll find a donkey and it's full. Untie the donkey and when the owners come out and ask you about it, he says, tell them the Lord has need of it and they'll send you with the donkey and he brings the donkey. They bring the donkey back to the Lord. The disciples put their cloaks over top of it. They sit him on the fall of the ass and they begin this walk from Bethany into the city of Jerusalem down the Mount of Olives and people began to cut the palm branches off and they were waving the palm branches laying their coats and their outer garments on the the ground and the palm branches and the donkey this fall of the ass was carrying the Messiah the King Messiah the King and the people began to shout Hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the
2: Lord and if we're
0: wondering what was actually happening, the people were declaring that Jesus is Messiah, the King. And if we're confused about that, we need only to look at the Pharisees to find out what they thought about it. They said, Master, you must tell your disciples to stop. You do not want them blaspheming. And he said, this day, this day, if the people were quiet, the rocks would cry out. Because this is the day the Lord has made. It was a day that was determined. And that is what they were saying. They said, I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Pastor Dennis, we're just going to close with this song. How's that sound? We're going to close with an old song. Your pastor's going to lead you in the song. Are you ready? Because it's the Hallel song. It's the Hallel one. It's Psalm 118. And it goes this way. You'll remember it. If you're young, you will have never heard it before. But it goes like this this is the day that the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it oh this is the day
2: that the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it
0: rejoice in the lord rejoice in the lord is worthy to be praised. Seven He knows the day that which you live in. And here's the thing. Blindness was brought upon the nation of Israel for one reason and one reason only. And the beauty is you and I are the beneficiaries of the blindness that came upon them because it's the Greeks, the Gentiles, that the kingdom was turned and released to the Gentiles
2: because Israel, one reason, they did not
0: know the day of their visitation. They should have known this thy day. This thy day, had you known the day of your visitation, they should have understood from the scripture and from the text when that day was. And blindness, so that the gospel would go to the nations of the people. And you and I, we are the beneficiaries of that. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Now listen the blindness for the nation of Israel will only be lifted. When Paul writes to the church in Rome in Romans 11, chapter chapter 11, verse 25, he says, "When the fullness of the Gentiles have come in," look at me for a moment, look at your neighbor. This is on us. The fullness of the Gentiles is on you and me. We must take the message of the gospel
2: of Jesus everywhere we go. Every man, woman, child. Every single person, a clear presentation
0: of the love of God. Can I get an amen? amen? Praise the Lord. We we serve an awesome God. And he knows. And he knows. And he's working. And Jesus is coming soon. Let me say it again. Jesus is coming soon. We must work the works of him who sent Jesus. We must be about our Father's business. He came to seek and to save the lost. Let's be a church that multiplies. Let's be a church that celebrates the obedience to the call of the Great Commission. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. we've been in church Father we love you we praise you we ask God your blessing as you grant us your benediction may we go in the power of the spirit of God into the mission field your mission field we are your laborers Christ's ambassadors anoint us equip us and help us to reach all for the gospel in Jesus name and everyone says a strong amen. amen amen God bless you have a great week